discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow, it's good to be with you once again. I've been missing in action for some time now. It's good to be back in uh, Studio C. And I know, I know you're going to be blessed tonight. I know we've, we've had a very powerful uh, opening prayer, a very wonderful uh, worship and praise session. And I have this singular opportunity to share the word of God with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's start with the word of prayer. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us in every single thing that we do. Thank you that your word proceeds with power, with great grace, with wisdom, with understanding for all of us. Thank you that our hearts and our minds are engrossed in your word and we produce fruits on every sea of our lives, even as the word of God comes to us. Great seed is sown in our hearts today. and Great fruit is produced in our hearts, in our lives, to your glory, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All oh, right, so for the last um, couple of weeks, we've been sharing concerning the grace of God. Yeah. And um, we, sh- we, shared, we spoke concerning the dispensation of grace, first of all. Then we, we spoke concerning um, grace and the law. And then we spoke about the grace of God, if, if you've noticed. So I've been sharing a number of you know, messages on, on grace. And uh, this was just before the lockdown. Yeah. We had some few nights just a few people where we shared along these lines. And I know the message has been blessing you yes. and it's helped you to have some kind of understanding when it comes to um, the grace of God and what has happened to us in the new creation. And I want to, I want to spend some more time talking along that line. Wow, wow. So tonight I'm going to start another series which will be added to this particular series as a package. You can, you can order for it if you're interested. Wow. Um, that will be a blessing to you. So I'm going to be sharing concerning the reign of grace wow. through righteousness. The reign of grace through righteousness. And I want to start from Romans chapter 5, verse 20. You know, grace is reigning now for, for, for many people, uh, for many Christians. Um, they feel that sin is reigning. You know, the opposite of sin is not holiness. The opposite of sin is righteousness. And the opposite of holiness is commonness. Do you see? So whenever righteousness is spoken about, it has to do with, um, the, it, it normally you know, looks at the other side, which is um, sin. And when sin is also spoken about, it has to do with the other side, which is righteousness. Do you see? Now, if you read Romans chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Mm-hmm. Verse 21. Then it says, look at verse 21, please. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus our Lord. I don't know if you have NLT. You have NLT. Okay, show us NLT from verse 20 into verse 21. He said, let's read from verse 20. He says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Mm. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Amazing. Verse 21. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, now, grace... Now, God's wonderful grace rules instead. He says, sin ruled over people and brought them to death. Do you see? This was before Jesus came. Before Jesus came, sin ruled. Sin had the sway. Sin had the, the, the authority. Sin had the power. 
to rule the rulership. Whether human beings liked it or not, sin was ruling and producing death. All the three kinds of deaths that you can think about. I mentioned it during the series. There's um, um, spiritual death, first of all. There's um, physical death, and then there's eternal death. So sin produced all these levels of of death that you could think about, you know. And uh, there are two kinds of sins. There's a sin, sin as a nature, and sin as a fruit. Mm. And the sin, sin as a nature, was pleasing to every man because of what Adam did. By one man's offense, many were made sinners. Do you see? But now. Things are different. Things are different right now in the dispensation of grace. There's something else that is ruling. Okay? And is ruling through righteousness unto life eternal. So let's read it again. It's nice. Romans chapter 5, verse 21, NLT. It says that so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. So as a child of God, you must, you must accept the fact that grace is now ruling in your life. Wow. Not sin. Sin is not ruling in your life. Don't say, oh, I can't help myself. No, now grace is available for you and I. Grace has been made available. Now God is working in you, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. God is working in you, causing you to fulfill his goodness, his kindness, his righteousness, his glory here on earth. So he says, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God. And resulting in life, eternal life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this, this evening, I want to start sharing with you concerning the reign of grace. So the title of my message again is the reign of grace through righteousness. Grace is ruling, but then it's ruling through something called righteousness. Unto eternal life. Now, what, what is he talking about? What does this mean? If you read in the Bible, you will notice three levels of righteousness. Okay, there are three levels of righteousness that are shown to us in the scriptures. Normally, we, we lump all of them together, but tonight I want to separate them to you, for you and help you understand what has happened to you. These are, these are things that the, the, the grace of God has done. This is what Jesus came to accomplish. There are things that Jesus came to accomplish. Grace is more powerful than sin. That is why it says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The grace of God is more powerful. If you think sin was powerful and held the sway and pushed people to do various things, then you should know that grace is more powerful and is now ruling and pushing us to do what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So three levels of righteousness that grace produces. The grace of God produced three levels of righteousness. And the very first one is the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. Okay? Now, if you read in Romans chapter 5, verse 14, you see an explanation concerning this particular gift of righteousness that is given to us. Romans chapter 5 from verse 14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even, even sin's sway and sin's power ceased when the law came. For Moses, the law was not um, commandments written from God for obedience. For Moses, the law was life. The law gave life and empowered him to do what God wants him to do. So Moses did not see the law as a uh, as something to be obeyed. The children of Israel saw the law as something to be obeyed, something they needed to keep in order to be right with God. But Moses saw it differently. So he says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. In other words, sin reigned from Adam to Moses, meaning that when Moses came, or when the law was given, sin ceased. Those who decided that the law was not going to be a problem for them ruled and reigned in Christ, in God, at that time. Without the law being a problem for them. I mean, just look at, look at someone like, uh, like David. Mm-hmm. Look at David's life. You wonder if David knew about the law. Yeah. Everything was different for him. Yeah. He lived beyond his generation. Because to him, the law was not just commandments written to be obeyed. It was life. Yeah. Do you see? Okay, so he says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression or after um, the sin that Adam committed. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. So you see he's mentioning a free gift. Yeah, yeah. There's a free gift that is given without payment, without anyone having to pay anything. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, man, one many be dead, how much more the grace of God? 
So there's something that the grace... Let me, let's read the Amplified. I think it will help us. Verse 15. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. Have you seen it? His grace is higher than the fall of man. For if many die through one man's falling away, his lapse, his offense, much more, or how much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. Wow. So the grace of his trying to let you know the grace of God is higher and the gifts that the grace of God produces is way higher and it's for everybody. If one man did something wrong and all men were made sinners, how much more? The grace of God. How much more God's work? How much more God coming down on Adam was not God. Yet what Adam did affected of all humanity. How much more God in man, God in flesh, who came to live and died on our behalf. How much more his obedience? If some if Adam's disobedience was powerful, how much more God's obedience? How much more Jesus' obedience? It produces a free gift for all and brings great grace upon all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. It says, nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation. Whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification, an act of righteousness. I don't know if you're following it. It says, if one, let's read it again. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation. Is that true? Whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification and act of righteousness. It says, no matter how big people's transgressions are, the free gift is higher and brings us into righteousness. Now look at verse 17. Let's read it in the Amplified in the King James now. Then it says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So there's a gift called the gift of righteousness. Immediately we we become born again. We are given the gifts. We are given a free gift by God to be declared not guilty. So every child of God is declared not guilty. Is declared righteous. Okay? By virtue of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Because Christ obeyed, all men are made righteous. So actually, everyone in this world has been made righteous. All they need to do is to accept what Jesus did for them on the cross of Calvary. That's all they need to do. And if they do that, if they accept what Jesus did, you don't do much to become a, to become a sinner. People are, men are born sinners. That's why Jesus said, except you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You need to be born again. You are born as a sinner on a normal day, on a day, on the day of your birth. The day of your birth was the day you were born, you were born into sin. So the day you give your life to Christ, you are reborn. You are born again into righteousness. Birth is what authors sin in man. It takes another birth for him to be authored in righteousness. And the other birth is the new birth. So immediately you become born again, you are made righteous. You become the righteousness of, you, 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 you receive the gift of righteousness. Do you see? Now, let me show you. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Romans chapter 4. Let's read from verse 22 into 25. I think it will be very good. It says, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. He's talking about most, uh, our Abraham. How about Abraham believed God? And was accounted to him for righteousness. Do you see? Let's read it once again from verse 22. Did I say 22? Yeah, so from verse 22. And therefore was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Mm. He says Abraham was declared not guilty. He was made righteous. Do you see? Because he believed in what God said. Then he says, this is not only for him. It's not only for Abraham. It's for everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are declared not, right, not guilty as well. And you are made right with God. Do you see? Okay, so um, let's read from 24 to 25 once again. I think it will help us. It says, but for, uh, for us also, to him it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Verse 25. Who? Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses. And was raised again for our justification. 
Jesus was delivered on account. The, the actual rendering is he was delivered. Jesus was delivered on account of our offenses. On account, Jesus came because of our sins, or because of the sins of humanity. If you are the only one here on earth, Jesus will still have come to come and die for you. That's how important you are to God. He was given on account. Now, this is NLT. It says he was handed over to die because of our sins. This is why he was handed over to die. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. The reason why he was raised up from the dead was when we were justified, when we were declared not guilty, when we were declared right with God, then he was raised from the dead. That is a gift of righteousness. You see, that is a gift of righteousness. You are declared not guilty. You are justified. Just as if you had not done anything wrong, ever. You are put right with God. So every child of God has a right standing with God. So the first level of righteousness that grace brings to us, that Jesus has brought to us by virtue of his death, burial, and resurrection, is the fact that he made us righteous. He made us right with God. So you are, the, you, are, you are right. Every child of God is right with God. You can stand before God without any sense of guilt, without any sense of condemnation, without any sense of inferiority in any way, in any form. You have a right standing with God on your own because of what Christ did. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. So now we are right with God. Every child of God is right with God because of what Jesus did. That is the first level. This is what grace produces. Grace brings you into rightness with God. So God is not fighting. I've told you this several times. God is not fighting us. Grace has made it possible for us to be in right standing with God. So every child of God, that is why we can pray anywhere. In the world, wherever you find yourself. You can pray whilst taking a shower. You can pray whilst walking on the streets. You can pray whilst sitting in a car. You can pray everywhere. You can talk to God anywhere. Why? Because you are now right with God. You have right standing with God. You have audience with God. You have audience with God. God is ready to hear you at any time. We have now come to be, we have become the sons and daughters of God. God likes you. God, God prefers you above all things and does not joke with you at all. Why? Because the grace of God, that is Jesus Christ, produced right standing with God for us. So we have the gift of righteousness. Every child of God has that gift. Every child of God in himself has been made righteous before God. The Jews needed to obey the laws in order to be made right with God. And none of them could become right to God. If you read in Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. Let's read Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. It's very nice. you love it. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, you see why Jesus was sent? He was sent in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Now I'm going to talk about this as we go in this series. It's very powerful. But let's go to verse 4. Then he says, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So Jesus died so the righteousness of the law. What we are looking for has now been made available for us. The righteousness which is of the law has now been fulfilled in us by virtue of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there's, there's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation for you. You can stand before God. What, what a blessing. What a blessing. The fact that I can stand before God without any problem. Mm. Without any sense of guilt, without anything setting me back or preventing me from coming close, there's nothing you can do that can prevent you from coming close to God. Isn't that amazing? Because you have been given the gift of righteousness, you have been declared not guilty by God Himself. Now, go to, we are in Romans chapter 8 now, go all the way to verse 33, Romans 8 33. It says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth, or it is God that maketh us righteous. Can you imagine? He calls us God's elect. Then he says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? No one can lay anything to your charge. It is God that justifieth. So the devil cannot say that 
the devil cannot accuse you, you know, and say that you did something wrong, you did this wrong. So it means that you are in trouble. God is not going to hear you. The righteousness, the ability that we have to stand before God without any sense of guilt, with confidence and ability, is the same righteousness with which we can stand before the devil and tell him to get out. Yeah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And he gets out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is says, Who does accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Oh. Can you imagine? God himself has given us right standing with himself. Look at the next verse. 33. 34 rather. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Pleading for us. So who can condemn you? Who can accuse you? Don't let anyone accuse you. Including your own self. Amazing. Amazing. God is the one who has put us in right standing with himself. He did it. That's the first level of the righteousness of God, right, the righteousness that God brings to us. It's called the gift of righteousness. Jesus was, was given. The Bible says that he was delivered on account of our offenses. And was raised on account of our justification. The fact that he rose from the dead is a confirmation that we have right standing with God. If Jesus rose from the dead, which he did, then we are made right with God. Because that was why he died. He died so that we can be made right with God. He died so that sin can be taken care of. So that we can have sin was what blocked man from getting close to God. But in the new birth, Christ took away sin so that we can have right standing with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look at Romans chapter 3. Let's read from verse 24. Romans 3 from verse 24. It's so lovely. It says, being justified freely by his grace. Remember, justification means to declare not guilty or to declare righteous. So God has declared us righteous. It's being justified freely or being declared righteous freely by his grace. So the grace of God declares us not guilty before God. Amazing. Being declared not guilty before God freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or a mercy through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Next verse. It's so nice. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. In Jesus. God did it so that he can be just. He can be righteous himself. He is right in declaring you right in Christ Jesus. This is the rightness of God. This is the righteousness of God to declare you not guilty before him. Because someone called Jesus suffered on account, on your account, on your behalf. So that you will not be declared guilty any longer in your life. So that you can come close. When Jesus hung on the cross, he had never called... He had always, he always called God Father from the beginning of his ministry throughout his life. It was only on the cross of Calvary when he shouted and said, Eli, Eli, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Because on the cross, he was made sin. He was made sin who knew no sin. He was made sin. Jesus was made sin so that you will be made right with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He became the very embodiment of sin so that you will be declared not guilty before God. He said, God, God, so that you and I can say, Father, Father. On the cross of Calvary, he called him God, God. He had called him Father all his life. But he called him God, God, so that we can now call him Father, Father. That's why he says that because we are sons, he has sent the spirit of the son into us, into our spirits. Cry, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The word Abba is Father. We will cry, Father, Father now, because he cried God, God on that, on that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'll never go down in my life. I will never go down in my life. I've been declared right with God. I've been declared right with God. God is always talking to me. God is always talking to me. Yeah, God is always talking. God is interested in you. You have right standing with them. You have the free gift of righteousness. In yourself, you have been declared not guilty. In yourself, in yourself, in every child of God, that gift dwells in him. Every child of God has that gift dwelling in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to Romans chapter. Okay, let's, I think this is enough for this level. Let's go to the next level. So the first level is what? The gift. The free gift of righteousness. You can call it free gift. It's free. It's free. Because of what Jesus did, you are declared not guilty. Can you imagine? 
you are not you are not guilty before God. Any, you, you can't be guilty at all because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did, the free gift of righteousness. It's called good news. It's called too good to be true news. That's what good news is for. Too good to be true. All that you did has been taken care of, taken care of. The sin of all of all of humanity has been forgiven. Amazingly, all they need to do is to receive Christ. That's why we need to announce it. That's why we need to make it available. That's why we need to talk to people. That's why we need to share our faith with people. To let, because a lot of people are walking around with, with, with condemnation on them, with guilt. They, they don't know how, they can't talk to God. You know, sometimes someone will call me and say, talk to God on my behalf. Talk to God for me. Because he feels, he feels bad. He, he doesn't feel, he feels dirty. Like God is too holy. God is too righteous for him to approach. If only he knew that God has made him right. And that no matter, no matter the depth of darkness in which you find yourself in, you can still talk to God. You can still cry to God for help, and He'll help you. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second level is Christ our righteousness. Mm. Christ our righteousness. So apart from us being declared right with God, Christ, Jesus, the sinless, perfect man, has been made our righteousness. Wow. So we have been made righteous before God. We have right standing with God. But apart from us having right standing with God, there's someone, our righteousness is also someone. His name is Jesus Christ. Sinless, perfect man. It's another level altogether. It's different from the first one. The first one is you being made right with God. But the second one is Jesus representing your righteousness. That's sinless. So just in case you feel guilty before God. Know that your righteousness is not just you. It's somebody called Jesus. God, God, is ju- God has just made provision to block every means of you feeling guilty and you, and you going down in any way and you allowing sin to take over your life in any way by making all these provisions for you. So just in case you did something wrong and you feel bad, like this guy who called me and said, pray for me. Talk to God for me. His righteousness was shaken. Do you see? He had guilt. His righteousness was shaken. If you read in First John chapter one, verse nine, very famous scripture. Look at First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So sometimes you do something wrong and you feel unrighteous. This is able to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Do you see? You feel you feel like no, what I've done, I can't start. I can't talk to God. Well, if you feel like that. He wants you to know that your righteousness is someone called Jesus, who is sinless and perfect. First Corinthians chapter one verse thirty. It's another level. It's different from the first level. It's different from the first level. He says, "But of him." First Corinthians one thirty. He says, "But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom." So our our wisdom is a person. We have, there's a person called Jesus. There's a man called Jesus. There's, there's, there's this person called Jesus who represents our wisdom. He's a representation of our wisdom. Do you understand? Yes, Not just our wisdom, but our righteousness as well. Christ has made unto us righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. Jesus is now my righteousness. So just in case the devil is pointing fingers at you because you did something wrong five years ago or three years ago or two days ago and it is getting to you. You realize that you are not what you did was not good at all because what you you, you are not clean. You know that you did something wrong, and you feel you just in case you are feeling guilty, and you feel you can't stand before God because you, you feel your righteousness has been shaken. The gift of righteousness is being shaken in your life. He says, "Tend to your righteousness. Your righteousness is someone. His name is Jesus Christ, and he was tempted in all points, but without sin." Look at Jeremiah chapter twenty-three, verse five. This is what Jesus did to make himself your rightness, your righteousness. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Verse 6. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called. The Lord, our righteousness. He is the Lord, our righteousness. He is my righteousness. So sometimes you have people, sometimes people want to pray for somebody. And then the devil starts talking to them. Do you remember what you did yesterday? Do you remember what you did three years ago? The devil is always trying to condemn you. Trying to accuse you. 
trying to say something to you to prevent you from expressing the power of God and expressing the glory of God that is resident in your spirit. Whenever you hear that, let him know. Yes, I know I did that thing. Thank God Christ is my righteousness. He was tempted in all points. He was tempted with what you tempted me with that I fell. But he did not fail. He is my righteousness. I'm not just righteous before God, but Christ is my righteousness. So you can point to him and say, because he's my righteousness, I still have right standing with God. Because he always has right standing with God. Yeah. Therefore, I can cast you out and you have nothing to do about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amazing. God is so conscious of us expressing him. Now, that, that, the third level will help us understand even what I'm talking about some more. Because of the third level, he does a first and a second. Mm. So that you can have the third. Because the third is so important to him. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. To verse 16. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. So seeing then that we have a, high, a great high priest that is passing to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or our confession. He says, because Jesus has gone into heaven, because Jesus is our great high priest, let us hold on to our confession or our boldness. Do you see? He wants you to be bold at all times. He wants you to be bold at at displaying him at all times. Let's read the Amplified. It's nice. Inasmuch then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. Have you seen it? Let us hold our confession of faith in him. Hold fast your confession of faith in him. Don't let anything or anyone shake that. Don't say, I cannot pray for healing. I cannot receive healing because I did something. No, God doesn't want you to think like that at all. He has brought great grace into your life. Don't say my business is not going to work because, hey, maybe things are not working because I did something, because of what I did. The devil is always bringing all those things into your mind. Oh, because, because I did it, that's why this happened. I lost this because I, I didn't walk right with God. Listen, he says, know that you have a high priest who has passed into the heavens. Christ Jesus, who is the righteous, he's the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. Next verse, verse 15. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liabilities to the assaults of temptation. Hmm. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. Can you imagine? He says Jesus has feelings for you. Hmm. He has feelings for the temptations you go through, for, for the things that you are tempted with. Can you imagine? Because he's gone through all of that. He went through all of that. So he has, a, he has feelings for you. He feels what you feel. He feels the pain you feel. Sometimes you do something and then you're like, God, why? Why is this thing not living my life? Jesus feels for you. He feels for you. And he went through all those things. Yet without sinning. Why? So that whenever you feel down, whenever you feel condemned, whenever you feel like there's nothing, what is all this? How come this thing does not deep doesn't want to leave my life? You remember that he went through it and felt that same way. And stood so that you will stand. So that he will stand for you. He went through it so that he will have feelings for you. So that you remember that ah, my Lord went through this and did not fail. Thank you for not failing. Thank you for because you do not fail, I still have right standing with God. You are my righteousness. Christ is my righteousness. Christ is my right standing with God. Yeah. So no matter what is going on in your life, no matter, you know, a lot of Christians come and go. You know, they feel, I don't know, I don't know why. It's like it's not working for me. Because you're looking too much at yourself. Remember someone did it for you. It's called Jesus Christ. Look at the next verse, verse 16. He says, let us then fearlessly, because he did it for us, because he went through all those things for us and without sinning, he says, let us then fearlessly come. Fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God will make that favor to us sinners. He calls us us sinners because maybe we've done something wrong at that time. So that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Why? Because Jesus is now our righteousness. He went through all that but without sinning. So that he can stand for you when you feel like there's something wrong. 
when you feel like I can't do it my I can't do it on my own. Remember, he did it for me. He did it for you. He went through that and did not sin. So that when you go through that and fail, he will stand for you. He will stand for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You love Jesus. This is grace done. This is the rain. It's called the rain of grace. Grace is, is not ready for you to go down in any way. He's ready to hold you up on every sphere of your life and help you produce fruits unto life eternal. You see, his aim, his aim, the, the aim of grace, the reign of grace, okay, is for the purpose of life eternal. It's the purpose of the expression of the life of God on every sphere of your life. That's, that's his aim. So anything that would want to be a blockade for you, he has done things to take it away completely. Do you understand? Yes, yeah. And he did it through righteousness. Wow. All the various levels of righteousness. By first of all, making you right with him. Second of all, making Jesus our rightness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17. Oh. I don't know if you remember what we just read. It says, let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly come. Don't let anything prevent you. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. That we may receive mercy for our failures. Don't think God doesn't like you anymore because of something that happened. No, don't think like that. Don't think like that. The devil has used that to get so many people, to get so many children of God, taking them down. You know, I did something, I did this. I don't think I can come to church again. Why, why, why are you thinking like that? No. Says he's your high priest. He felt it. He felt your temptation. He felt what you are going through now. Felt, he felt what you are going through now. Don't let your feelings prevent you. Don't let the weights of the pressure of condemnation and guilt take you out. No. That's the aim of the devil. Remember, someone is my righteousness. His name is Jesus. He was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So that he can stand for me. So that I can come boldly and fearlessly and confidently. And draw near to the throne of grace. For my failures, to, find, to, to receive mercy for my failures and find grace to help me in good time for every need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now go to chapter 2. There's something very nice in chapter 2 as well from verse 17. Here we chapter 2 from verse 17. It says, Wherefore, in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, or like unto man. Unto man. His brethren were the Jews, which were, were men. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. I don't know if you are following what is going on. Let's read in, in the Amplified. It's nice. Sometimes the King James is difficult to understand. So it is evident that it was essential that he be, he be made like his brethren in every respect. In order that he might, he might become a merciful, sympathetic, and faithful high priest in the things related to God. To make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins. Have you seen it? He became, Jesus became a human being to go through what human beings go through. To experience what it means for man to fall. Also that he can be merciful. He can have, mercy, can have feelings for you. He can be merciful and sympathetic and faithful in doing what he ought to do for you related to God. That is to make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins. I don't know if you are getting it. Look at the next verse 18. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, he is able immediately to run to the cry of assist, relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried, and who and, the, and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. Hmm. I don't know if you get here. He says, because he was made a man and went through the things that man goes through, he has feelings for man. Therefore, he's able to run quickly to the aid of those who are suffering. Or going through anything at all in life. Christ our righteousness. It's different from you being made right with God. It's different. That is different. You have been made right with God. That's true. Which is very powerful. That's free gift. You made right with God. But whenever that is shaken, remember, 
that Christ is my righteousness. He went through what, I, what I'm going through now. He has feelings for me. And he's praying for me. He's there for me. Hallelujah. And Christ, our righteousness, can never fail. It can never fail. It can never fail. Why? Because he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So if you are tempted and you fail, and you're like, oh man, I can't believe this. Look at what has happened to me. Remember that someone went through that and did not fail. And he is now my righteousness. I will never fail. I will never go down. I will never be taken away from God. Now that I'm in his presence, I'm in his presence forever. I'm seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I have so, Jesus, remember Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 30 that the prince of this world cometh and he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. Hereafter I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. He had, the prince of this world had nothing in him. The prince of the power of the air who holds a sway to sin and pushes people to go along the line of disobedience was coming and he said he has nothing in me. Whilst he was here on earth, whilst Jesus was here on earth, he could say that he has nothing in me. Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life. He fulfilled the law and abolished it, remember? <laughs> Jesus fulfilled the law. The righteousness which is by the law was fulfilled in Christ. Let me show you a scripture. Go to Romans chapter 10. Let's read from verse 3. Let's read in the Amplified. It's nice. Now, Paul was talking about the Jews. If you read from verse 2, you see, it says, My heart's cry and desire for, the, for, the, for Israel, who are my, my, my brethren. Okay? From, that's from verse 1. It says, Brethren, with all my heart's desire and good will for Israel, I long and pray to God that they may be saved. Verse 2. I bear them witness that they have a certain zeal and enthusiasm for God, but is not enlightened and according to, according to correct and vital knowledge. For be ignorant of the righteousness that God ascribes, which makes one acceptable to him in word, thought, and deed, and seeking to establish a righteousness, a means of salvation of their own, they did not obey or submit themselves to God's righteousness. This is what I want you to see. It says, For Christ is the end of the law, the limit at which it ceases to be. For the law leads up to him, who is the fulfillment of its types. And in him, the purpose which it was designed to accomplish is fulfilled. That is, the purpose of the law is fulfilled in him as a means of righteousness, right relationship to God for everyone who trusts in and adheres to and relies on him. I don't know if you're seeing it. He says, Christ, the King James says, Christ is the end of the law. Christ, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes it. In other words, Christ fulfilled righteousness, the righteousness of the law, abolished, dealt with it, and became, because he fulfilled that righteousness, he became right with God. Do you understand? He was tempted in all points, yet without sin. <laughs> okay, let me show you. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. He says, who did no sin? Neither was God found in his mouth. He's talking about Jesus. He says, Jesus did no sin. Can you imagine? That someone can live in life <laughs> from beginning of his life to 33 years old, without sinning, without, he never did, he never had any bad thoughts, accepting any bad thoughts. He, he never did anything wrong, looked at anybody in the wrong way, never insulted anybody in the wrong way, never did anything. Even in his heart, not in his heart, not in his mind, never. Hmm? This is amplified. He was guilty of no sin, no sin. Neither was deceit, God ever found on his lips. Can you imagine? Jesus fulfilled the law and abolished it. So the righteousness which of the law was fulfilled in him. Apart from that, he obeyed God. He did what God wanted him to do. So he was declared not guilty before God. So Jesus has his own rightness. He has his own righteousness. you understand? He has his own rightness. He has his own righteousness with God. Now, that own righteousness that he has is now yours. Wow. So he has lived for you. Can you imagine? He has lived your life for you and was tempted in every point, yet without sin. And now he says that, live, I am for you. 
I am for you. Hallelujah. Wow. What a blessing. Is this not powerful? Christ, my righteousness, is one of the biggest things that came to us through Jesus Christ, through the grace of God. As though that was not enough. This is very powerful. But there's a third, there's a third one, there's a third level. Can you imagine? Like I said, God did the first two to make sure this last one happens in your life. So that nothing prevents this from happening. Are you ready for it? The last one is the righteousness of God. I don't know if you are disappointed with what I just said. (laughs) The righteousness of God. This is the biggest revelation of the New Testament. The righteousness of God. Now, if you if you look at Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. Look at Second Corinthians five twenty-one. So this is different from the first one, and it's different from the second one. This is the third level. He says, "For he has made him to be sin for us. He made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him, in Christ." Now, this. Is God's rightness. This is God's righteousness. This is not God giving you, making right, righteous. Or what Jesus experienced whilst he was here on earth and became right by virtue of not doing anything wrong. This is God's inability to do wrong. This is God. God's rightness. God will not he giving you righteousness as a gift or making Christ your righteousness. But he he, the righteous, he's, he's the very definition of righteousness. This is God's goodness. This is God's inability to be wrong. If God said you were a tree, you become a tree. If God said the flower was, uh, was a five-bedroom house, it would become a five-bedroom house. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This, God, God cannot be wrong. It's not possible. He cannot be wrong. He, he, this is the, the attributes, the excellencies of God. I don't know if you are catching it. This is God's inability to search for things to go wrong. This is God's character. This is God's perfections. This is God's attributes. All of God's virtues is his righteousness. So the righteousness of God is different from the gift of righteousness and is different from Christ our righteousness. This is God's 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 rightness. (laughs) Now let's read that verse again. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. Like I said, this is the reason why God did the first two. Okay? Through grace for you. So that you can be become this. Let me show you. For he has made him to be sin for us. Now the word made there is poio. The Greek word for the first part. For he has made him to be sin for us. He's talking about Jesus. How God made Jesus. Jesus was not. This is not he, he was made a sin sacrifice. This is not Jesus being made a sin sacrifice for us. This is Jesus being made the very fashion. The word poio is to fashion. To prepare. Do you understand? To construct, to form. He made him the very nature of sin, right? He made him the very nature of sin. It's not Christ being made, being made a sin sacrifice. Do you understand? Or a sinner. But Christ being made the very definition of sin. Sin was placed in him. Just amplified. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin who you know sin. You see, he has the word virtually. He made him, re- he became the very carrier of sin. Okay? Not sin sacrifice. He was a sin sacrifice. You know, once every year, the high priest of the Old Testament would have two goods. You know, he would lay his hands on one and confess his sins, or rather the sins of the, because he had a bullock for his sin. But there was a goat that he laid his hands on. There were two goats who cast lots. One would be chosen for God, the other would be chosen as a scapegoat. He would lay his hands on that scapegoat and confess the sins of all of Israel 
And a strong man, a qualified man, would take that goat into the wilderness to be torn by beasts. He would take that goat would take the sin of the of the country of the whole of Israel away into the wilderness for one year. After one year, all the sins that Israel committed within that one year will be confessed again on another goat. Then the other goat had the, the high priest lay his hands on that goat, and that goat's innocence will be transferred to the people of Israel and taken. That would be an innocent goat or an innocent lamb that is taken to the parents of God, killed, and then its blood is spread on the mercy seat so that God can declare Israel not guilty for one year. Do you see? Now, that goat became the very definition of the sins of Israel. Do you see? Uh huh. That is, a, that is a sin sacrifice. Yeah. And that was taken to the wilderness. Jesus was made the sin sacrifice for all of sin. That is the truth. So, for instance, John the Baptist, you know, John the Baptist laid hands on Jesus when he baptized him, and the following day he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Okay, that is there. But that, that was Jesus being made the sacrifice for sins. But in this particular one, Jesus was made the very definition of sin. He was not just a, just a good. He was the sin. He became the sin itself. Everything that sin can cause. He became the very definition of sin. Why? So that you and I, let me show it to you. So the first one, Christ being the sacrifice of sins can be um, aligned with we being declared not guilty. Do you see? Uh huh. But the second one, which is Christ being made, the very definition. That's what that's what poyo it means. He was made the very definition. He was fashioned, he was constructed as sin. Can you imagine? So when Jesus hung on the cross, he 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 was not just hung, his face was not just mad by the beatings. He had he had been contoured, he had been, his his very visage had been changed because he had become the very expression of sin. That's why God could not behold him. He became the very definition of sin. God could not, God cannot behold sin. Yeah. It, it's not that God cannot behold a container of sin. He was not just a sacrifice, sin sacrifice, which is very powerful, but he was the very definition. This was sin, so God could not look. He had to look away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was made sin for us who knew no sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now, the word made there is genomai. The second made is the word genomai. That's a Greek word. It's different from the first one, which is poio. And it means to become or to come into existence. It means to begin to be. Do you see? Yeah. So Jesus was made sin, the very fashion of sin, who knew no sin, so that you and I might become or might come into existence mm. as the very rightness of God or examples of the righteousness of God. If you want to see the rightness of God, you have to look at you. You have to look at me. If you want to see God's character, God's, the demonstration of God's character, who God, who is God? How right is God? What are the examples of the rightness of God? We have to look at you. And we have to look at you. Because you have been made the very definition of righteousness, of the righteousness of God. Not, not, not just any righteousness. You know, because there are, there are different kinds of righteousness. I've showed you. Yeah. There was the righteousness that came because of what Abraham did. Abraham believed God. Then there was the, right, there's the righteousness of God. All that was to be accepted before God. This is not, we are not talking about acceptance before God now. Do you see? That's the first level. You, the acceptance before God is powerful. But now, after God has, had accepted us before him as right, and made Jesus our righteousness. He, de- he then sends us out to be the expression of him. <laughs> you are not just accepted before him. It's just like what God did with Abraham. The Bible says that God blessed Abraham and made him a blessing. If anybody wanted to come in touch with the blessing of God, he needed to see Abraham. If, if anybody was praying, God bless me, the solution, the answer in the earth for the blessing of God was Abraham. No Abraham, no blessing. Do you understand? Yeah. So the same thing. He has, he has not just made us righteous. He's made... I, I shouldn't use the word just. That is very powerful. I don't want to downgrade it in, in, in any way. He's made us righteous. But after making us righteous, he has made us his righteousness. So if anybody wants to see righteousness, the righteousness of God in the earth, you and I are the examples, are the expression 
of the rightness of God. I mean, what can be bigger than this is what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about you being you being a demonstrator, a displayer of the rightness of God. You being a displayer of the character of God, of the excellence of God. This is what Christianity is all about. If you read in uh, in the Amplified, I think it's very powerful. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 2, it says, For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in and examples. Have you seen it? Yeah. Examples of the righteousness of God. We are now examples of the righteousness of God. Please, do you understand? Yes, Pastor. Hmm. So if someone wants to see the character of God, who should he look at? Me. You. If someone wants to see the excellence of God, who should he look at? Me. You. What a blessing. What a blessing. And this is what it means to be a Christian. Christianity is not trying to obey God. Christianity is displaying God. You are now the displayer of God and everything God. Because you are now displaying him and everything him, he would not want anything to take your mind. Any guilt to take your mind. Anything to put you down. And prevent you from displaying him. Because he has now empowered us and sent us forth. We have come into existence. He says to become, to come into existence as the rightness of God. We are now the rightness of God. Open for the viewership of all of the world. That is my life. I am set for the display of God's goodness. Of God's rightness. If someone wants to know whether God is kind, he must look for me. He must look for you and me. Yeah. If he wants to the kindness of God, he must look for you. That is what you are set for. You are set for the display of the kindness of God. Wow. You are set for the display of the grace of God. That's why he calls us the trophies of his grace. Wow. He calls us his glory. We are his glory. We are his workmanship. We are his glory. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you some more. Show us. Look at Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse, six, verse 16. Romans 1, 16 to 17. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. I said, this is what Christianity is all about. This is what everything has been about. This God, was, God sent Jesus Christ into the earth. God sent his own son into the earth for the purpose of us being made his righteousness. To become the righteousness of God. That is the reason. That was the reason. Look at this. It's for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the gospel we preach is for the purpose of revealing the righteousness of God. Wow. Not God declaring us right of Christ our righteousness, but to reveal the rightness of God in the earth. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. So this is what, the, this is what everything is about. For the revelation of the righteousness of God. The fact that God is good. good. How is God good? Look at this guy. He's first of all the, the expression of God's goodness. But he's the very definition of God's goodness. Do you understand? He's, not, he, he's the very definition. Of, he's, the very, he's the giver of the goodness of God. He's not blessed with goodness alone. He is goodness. You want to experience goodness? Yeah. Look for him. Do you want to experience love? Yeah. Look for him. Do you want to experience kindness, the kindness of God? Yeah. Look for that Christian. The Christianity is for the purpose of displaying God in the earth. Wow. Look, at what, look at what grace has done. Hey. <laughs> look at Romans chapter 3. Let me show you something. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Like I said, we read these scriptures, but we we'll we'll lump all, that, all of them together. They are not the same. I've just tried to put them together for you properly. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is a knowledge of sin. Verse 21. But now, the righteousness of God without the law. Have you seen it? The righteousness of God, not God declaring out the gift of righteousness, but the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is what brings the gift of righteousness and makes Christ our righteousness. Do you understand? Yeah. It is God's inability to sit and watch humanity be destroyed. That is why he moved mm. to bring his son, for his son to die, so that he will die for our offenses and be raised on account of us being, not, being declared not guilty. After that, he made him our rightness. But then after all of that, he said no. Now you are, you are me. 
Go and express me wherever you go. And the gospel is for that purpose. This is what the prophets prophesied about. He says, but now the righteousness of God, without the law, it is apart from the law, is now manifested, being witnessed or being spoken of by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So whoever believes in Jesus Christ is made the very righteousness of God in the earth. And like I said, this is what Christianity is all about. This is what Jesus came for. He came to give us life. That's true. But he came to make us the righteousness of God in the earth. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while this is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he was the expression of God's goodness on the earth. He was the expression of God's kindness on the earth. He was exp- Jesus is a type of the life of God lived here on earth. You understand? Like I said, grace is reigning through righteousness unto life. The purpose is for you to display God's life, God's righteousness. So when sin comes into your life, ah, this is not God. God doesn't do this. I don't know if you get it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is not me. I'm not set for this. I'm set to display God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Very famous scripture. This is Christianity. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. But you are a chosen generation. Let's read the Amplified. It's nice. I think it will, be, it will just be straightforward. My time is up. Let me just read this and I'll close. I don't know if you've been blessed. Yeah. This, but you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A dedicated nation. God's own purchase special people. You know, some people say that, oh, we are not special people. We are just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. You know, we are just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. That's not true. We are extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. We are special purchased people doing God's work. Hallelujah. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dead is that but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. A dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth. This is the reason why He got you born again. That you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of God who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. This is the reason why we are here on earth. This is the reason why you are a Christian to display the perfections, to display His wonderful deeds. Do you understand the deeds of God? He says that doing, you are the one to set for the doings of God. Wow, what a life. What a life. What a life. What a life. This is who you are. Yeah. This is who you are. This is what God has made you. Yeah. This is what grace has made you. So that you can display the life of God. So that you can display the wonderful doings. And display the virtues. You understand the virtues, the moral excellence of God. He says he has set you to set for the moral excellence of God. If someone wants to know the holiness of God, the person must look at you. Yeah, he must look at you now. You are the one set to display the holiness of God. You are the one set to display the grace of God. You are the one set to display the glory of God. So no matter what happens around you, say that, oh, no, this is not, this is not me. This is not me. I am set for the display. Brother, if you agree with what God is saying to you this, this evening, you'll be, you'll be surprised at what kind of change to bring into your life. I'm just showing you what God has made you. He has made you his righteousness. He has declared you not guilty before him. He has made Jesus your righteousness. And highest of all, he has made you a displayer of his deeds. This is what NLT is nice. But you are, you are not like that. For you are a chosen people, you are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own purchase, very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. You can now show the goodness of God. This, you are the expression of God's goodness. You are the goodness of God in the earth. If someone wants to know the goodness of God, he must get in touch with you. If someone wants to know the love of God, the love of God. How's, how's, how's the love of God like? He must get in touch with you. That is who you are. That is who you are. Accept what God has done for you. This is the reign of grace. 
through righteousness unto life eternal. So grace is there. Grace has made things available through righteousness for you so that you can live. To border you in, to keep you in, expressing God everywhere you go. Displaying God everywhere you go. That is what your life is for. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands wherever you are. We'll continue next week. Lift up your hands. Thank God for his goodness, for his grace, for what he has said to you this evening. Father, we give you glory. Lero Hosha. Falo Hode. Lego Hoda. Mando Hosha. Lagababa. Velo Hoda. Vasto Kiba. Mando Hosha. Kizalaba. Legro Hosatanamani. Lebo Hoshana Balaba. Oh, Father, we give you glory. Thank you for your blessings upon your children. Thank you that these words are bearing fruits in our lives, causing us to go where you have designed for us to go, to display you wherever we find ourselves. Thank you, Father, that we display your virtues, your excellence, your perfections, your deeds here on earth, because we know that we have been set for such. Thank you that eternal life in us is working perfectly. We display that life. As the Father has life in himself, so has he given unto us to have life in ourselves. Therefore, we display that life wherever we find ourselves, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.